0: Instant reaction time. Um, it's always tricky because you can never be too confident in any opinion you have about what you just saw. Because you'll, you'll see those PFF grades and stats and everything. They'll be like, oh, you know, that guy had a great day. And then you look, he gave up three pressures or whatever. It's like, all right, well, I guess I suck. I don't know. Well, let's get some of the obvious out of the way. We won the game. <laughs> um, it didn't go the way that I expected it to. I expected a lot more from the defensive front making plays. I'm not. I'm not mad. I mean, they showed up. I think they did a good job of, of being stingy. You can see that in the the scoreboard. I just thought the pressures would be a little bit more than they were. Uh, Jordan Love, I think, massively exceeded my expectations. I think it was very similar to last week, in which the um, the box score doesn't really represent how good of a game he had. The difference is, I think he had a much better game this week, and it you know, even a bad box score. Not the worst. But let's rip through a couple of the stats here. Jordan Love, 12 of 24. Again, sounds a lot worse than it was. I think somebody had said there were five drops for Jordan Love again. Not sure how accurate that is, but I saw that. 113 yards, 4.7 yard average, and a touchdown. Danny Etling, (laughs) according to this, one attempt, one completion for zero yards, but had four carries for 48 yards and a touchdown. His longest, a 51-yard touchdown scamper, maybe, maybe, arguably the play of the day. And by arguably, I mean that was probably it. Other guys on the ground, Tyler Good, Patrick Taylor had the the start, which surprised me, but Tyler Goodson outsnapped him. Tyler had 10 uh, carries for 42 yards, 4.2 yard average. His longest was 15 yards. I thought he had a phenomenal day. Thought he looked real good. Patrick Taylor, 8 carries, 27 yards, 3.4-yard average. His longest was 5. I thought he looked strong, but kind of the same Patrick Taylor. Didn't really see much. Um, My boy Dexter, 5 carries, 24 yards, 4.8-yard average. 9 yards was his longest. Again, Dexter had a good day. Didn't get many opportunities, but had the most the highest average of anybody, at least of the running backs. Um, Amari, 2 carries, 15 yards, 7.5-yard average. Again, I love everything about Amari. Everything about Amari except him as a wide receiver. You know, and it's funny because Clayton was talking about during the live stream, he thought Rodgers was basically singling out Amari Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was singling out Amari Rodgers with a lot of his comments about, you know, some of the young guys not coming along quite well enough, route running, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, understanding the offense. And yes, drops as a part of it. But interestingly enough, just a matter of minutes later, Aaron Rodgers does his interview And he says, you know, they've had some real great production from guys like Winfrey and guys like Dobbs, but some of the other guys need to step up. So he's not talking about the starters. He's not talking about Winfrey. He's not talking about Dobbs. That doesn't leave too many. You got Amari, you got Samori, you got Hyman. And as soon as I heard Roger say that, I was like, dang, I think Clayton nailed that one. And it makes sense. I mean, I I don't want to get away from the stats that we're doing here, but Again, I, I love that you're seeing him in motion more. You're starting to see a little bit more of what we thought he was going to be doing. You know, stuff around the backfield. He's the motion guy, and it, it all looks good. He's making big plays. Um, also commented on the live stream, he looks more confident as a returner. I think that's true. He's, he, he looks confident. I think he's doing a better job of returning. No big splash plays from him this week. But again, everything about Amari Rodgers is great, except being a, a receiver. Getting off the line, separating from corners, making the catch. Just have not really seen that. Um, Jordan Love, three carries, 13 yards. Ishmael Hyman, one carry, 11 yards. Samori Ture one for negative two. I don't even remember that. Receiving, Juwan Winfrey, three receptions, 41 yards, 13.7. Average, his longest was 21 yards. Juwan is steady Eddie, man. I don't know that he's, you know, he, he I do know. I know he's never going to be, you know, a, a, a Devontae or even probably a Lazard. But he almost reminds me of like a Geronimo, you know? He's just reliable hands. He understands the offense. He knows what he's doing. And um, he might not get open a ton, but you know you can count on him. That third down play, he's going to be that guy that slips free. And you know when you throw it to him, he's going to catch him. I don't know that there's been too much more of a reliable target than Jawan Winfrey. So he was the number one receiver, uh, you know, unless you count the Romeo Dobbs touchdown. But Romeo Dobbs, three receptions, 24 yards and a touchdown. He did have a handful of drops again. He had the deep pass again, you know, just there were two I, just like last week, there were two deep shots. One to Samori Ture that he dropped. It was a tough one, and it was raining, but still. The other one was a deep shot to Romeo Dobbs. It was a beautiful throw, but he just couldn't quite figure out what shoulder to go over, so he kind of just I don't know, he he got all mixed up and just just flat up dropped it. Didn't catch it. And again, not only is that Two incompletions for Jordan Love, which makes his stats not look good enough, but it's 113 yards instead of, you know, 175 yards or whatever it would have been with those two receptions. He had that drop. Uh, He also had one that basically just hit him right in the hands, short pass across the middle. I don't know if he had more than that. I think he had five targets, caught three of them. So those two were just flat out drops that he should have caught. And it's not just bad for Jordan Love, it's bad for Romeo. I mean, if, if he catches those two and then catches the ones last week that he dropped, he would be the, the rage of, of the preseason. He would be all anybody's talking about. But now he's flying under the radar because nobody cares about three receptions for 24 yards and a touchdown. He's robbing himself, you know. He's insanely talented, but he's got to do better than that. Amari Rodgers, two receptions for five yards. Otherwise, it was a bunch of uh, single reception guys. Sal Cannella, I was screaming for Sal Cannella since the first quarter. <laughs> Because I did not want Tyler Davis on the field. Did not want Tyler Davis. Let's see Alizé Mack. Let's see Sal Canella, Let's see the other guys. Nope, we got to keep Tyler Davis on the field all day long. What did he do? Well, he missed a bunch of blocks, and then he caught a pass and fumbled it and turned it over. And that's when they went down and scored their one touchdown. It is kind of funny. You want to talk about giving the defense some credit? The only points the Saints put on the board, the three points that they got, the defense didn't give up a single first down. The special teams allowed them to get to, like, the 45-yard line, they held him three and out, and he banged like a 59 yard field goal. The next one was a fumble inside Green Bay territory, which they went down and got a touchdown. Of all the plays that started in Saints territory, not a single point given up. Also, not a, they shut him out in the second half, too. And no, it's not because all the, you know, well, they brought in all the scrubs. Ian Book played the entire game. Chris Olave was out in the second half, out as in out on the field. Alave held to two receptions, 28 yards, which makes me, he did get the touchdown, but made me happy. I was a little bit worried about what he was going to be able to do. Anyways, I was excited to see Sal Canella because he didn't get many opportunities, but he's sort of that, he's the receiving guy. And I just want to see a big, tall receiving tight end, see what he can do. He catches a pass beautifully. He turns it upfield. He breaks a couple tackles, gets 13 yards in a first down. Uh, Josiah had a real nice play, one reception, 11 yards. Tyler Goodson caught one for 10 yards. Real nice to see. I think the running backs had a real hard time with Jordan Love yesterday, or last week. So good to see those guys getting involved. Tyler Davis had his one catch, which was fumbled. And even Nate Becker got in on the action. It was just a two-yard pass, but there you go. Uh, Samori Toure and Patrick Taylor were each targeted once, but neither of them caught a pass. Fumbles. Sean Davis had the fumble that was turned over. Tyler Davis, for the defense, had recovered one fumble. Other defensive stats. I'm actually surprised by this. The number one tackler. If you don't know, take a guess. I never would have guessed this in a million years. Ray Wilborn. I remember him making one tackle. I would have thought McDuffie, maybe Barnes. I don't know. One of the defensive tackles. Ray Wilborn with nine tackles and a sack. He had one of only two sacks on the day. When did sacks? I don't even remember. any. Did I, I just got done watching the game. I don't really remember any. Ray Wilborn had nine tackles and a sack and a QB hit which apparently is not the same thing because Chauncey Manick was listed as having a sack, did not have a QB hit. Anyways, after Willborn, Keandre Thomas was 6, Isaiah McDuffie was 6, Sean Davis with 5, Chris Slayton, who had a great day, with 5, Ty Summers, who I thought had a terrible day, with 4, Micah Abernathy, who was basically the star of the defense, which is shocking. Last week I was basically just cracking jokes on Micah, Ab- Micah Abernathy the whole game, like I don't even know who this dude is, and he came into play today. After that, Ento with three, Ladarius Hamilton with three, and then it's down twos and ones from there. Uh, again, the sacks, Ray Wilborn and uh, Chauncey Manic. Tackles for a loss. You got Sean Davis had one, who I thought had a real good day. Ty Summers had one. Micah Abernathy had one. And then pass deflections, there were three. Keandre Thomas, Micah Abernathy, and Chris Barnes. Quarterback hits, Ray Wilborn and Ladarius Hamilton with hits on the quarterback. Then the one interception came via Mike uh, uh, Abernathy, who, again, just phenomenal. Um, kick returns, Rico Gafford, one for 18 yards. Punt returns, Hyman, one for 14. Amari, two for only nine yards, 4.5 average. Ramiz Ahmad got uh, two of his field goals, two for two, 100%. Longest was 45 yards. And I thought Pat O'Donnell had a good day. Four punts, 195 yards, 48.8 average. Three of those four were kicked inside the 20, his longest 61 yards. I don't know how you could have much of a better day than that outside of Blake Galickin or whatever his name is, who banged an 81-yarder. But seriously, you kick four times, three of them are inside the 20 and one of them is a 61-yarder. That's a phenomenal day. So really excited to see that. Anyways, want to get to a couple post-game comments looking at Matt LaFleur talking about Jordan Love. He says there was a lot of good says, once again, I know the numbers don't reflect how I feel. I think we're all kind of feeling that way. You look at the numbers and it doesn't seem great, but uh, I thought he had a great day. He obviously thought that too. He added, I saw a guy who uh, not only was making some off-schedule plays running around. I don't know what that means. He says, I see a much more decisive player out there, which is also true. I think the one thing I really like about Jordan Love is he doesn't seem to get flustered. You know, Rodgers gets flustered. He gets annoyed. He gets angry. He gets huffy. Jordan Love, is, is he's like a machine. You know, he just he just does. It's almost like he's completely emotionless. He just goes out and he tries to execute. And regardless of what just got done happening, regardless of what's going on in front of him with the pressure or whatever, he just runs the next play. I've yet to look at Jordan Love and just think, "Oh man, it's getting to him. He's starting to crumble. He's starting to I don't feel any of that. It's really weird and I I really appreciate that about him. Matt LaFleur mentioned the third running back position will come down to special teams. Patrick Taylor had a nice tackle on teams tonight. That's That's pretty, um, that's, that's interesting because you're looking at it saying Goodson has this thing locked up, but he obviously doesn't because they're looking for a special teamer. That's what they did last year. Kylan Hill was a returner. Ryan Wood says, I asked Matt LaFleur about having 12 men on the field for one special team's play, 10 on the field for another. Let's just say he didn't like it very much. Matt LaFleur was asked if Aaron Rodgers will play next week against Kansas City. Still not ready to give an answer on that. He says, we'll discuss that. I wanted to get through this game to see where we're at. Matt LaFleur said the Danny Etling keeper wasn't called, but Etling noticed the back end open up because the safety crashed. He pulled it and took off. He says it was a heck of a decision by him. That's that's pretty wild for a uh, third-string guy to call that, to notice it, to recognize it, and be like, all right, here's what we're doing, boys. You can just imagine in the huddle, like, <laughs> or or at the line, or whatever, you, you just feel the rest of the players going, oh, geez. Can you just run the frickin' play that was called? Why you gotta be... I got to be all Hollywood about it. Should we run the annexation of Puerto Rico, dude? Come on. Uh, Herman says both Aaron Rodgers in the in-game interview and Matt LaFleur in the post-game presser gave Tom Clements a lot of credit for Jordan Love's development. Matt LaFleur says Jordan Love is light years ahead of where he was last year. I think the game has slowed down for him, he said. It's something he noticed early in camp. LaFleur believes Love is one of the Packers' most improved players. He's very high on the young quarterback's development. Let's Let's just pause there for a minute. It's one of the things I mentioned on the stream tonight or yesterday or whatever. Um, What we saw, I I believe, is a starting caliber quarterback. It's not a question of was that good enough. That was absolutely good enough. I mean, what he did in that game, and you can talk all you want about, well, that wasn't starters and that's a vanilla D, has nothing to do with it. That's completely irrelevant. When you have a double-covered wide receiver running to the sideline and you're able to get the ball... Over those two receivers, but down into the player's arms before he gets to the sideline. Vanilla defense has nothing to do with it at that point. All you can do is read the defense, make the right decision, and throw the ball accurately. And that's what he did. It doesn't matter what string the defense is. If the guy's covered and you have to get the ball in the perfect spot and you get it in the perfect spot, it doesn't matter if that's a, a JV high school player. You still have to get the ball there. So at this point, it's not really a question of talent for me, which is huge, because there was a question of talent. For me, it's a question of consistency. We saw Jordan Love play great for a half. Then the third quarter, he came out. It was a torrential downpour. The offensive line seemed like it was given up. The run game completely imploded, and everything started to slip away a little bit. Not putting that on Jordan Love, I'm not saying it's his fault, but the point is, I believe we saw one really good half from Jordan Love. We need to see entire games for an entire season in order to determine, is this guy a really good quarterback. You know, you can have a down game, maybe a down game or two, but it can't be, you know, 50-50. And a down game can't be like the worst thing you've ever seen. So that that's the biggest thing. Um, if the guy we watched, at least in the first half of this game, is the guy that he is and can be consistently, I'm back on track to thinking there's a legitimate shot that this could be the guy. But it's still a, a huge gap because it was it was really just basically a half. So... We just need to see it more, and maybe maybe the coaches don't. I'm just saying for for me to be able to make a determination. But for Matt Lafleur to say things like that, I, and and just even to say things as far as you know the things that we've been wanting to see, we we're seeing it. They they may be on the verge of 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 looking at each other and saying we might be ready, we might be a go here. At the very least, I would bet. Let's just say hypothetically, if if Aaron Rodgers does hang it up after this year. I would bet right now today they're already to the point of saying we're going to give it a shot. Don't know what he's going to be able to do, but we're not going to go panic pay for, uh, you know, a Baker Mayfield type guy. We're not going to panic draft a guy. We're going to roll with it, and we're going to see how it goes. So real interesting, real tough spot that they're in right now, but it's, it's, it is getting interesting. Matt LaFleur was asked who stood out to him on defense. The first name he mentions is safety Micah Abernathy. You yeah, No kidding. He's been with the Packers for nine days after playing in the USFL earlier this year. We got to dig a little bit on that Micah Abernathy because that, dude, the way he was playing, that interception was insane. You know, I it's one of the things I always talk about is not all things are, are equal. It's one of the problems that I have with with just stats, especially stats like interceptions. Because if you have five of those, you had a great year. Well, you can have four of them just fall into your lap. And, you know, if you have a lucky season. So, um, there's a difference between picks. You know, you can have a a, a pick that's not really impressive and a pick that's extremely impressive. In this case, yeah, the receiver fell down. He dove. He dove. He ran and dove over the falling receiver and caught that thing and came down just enough inbounds for it to be a pick. On top of that, he's flying, flying all over the field. In fact, the first time I noticed him, I, I saw Abernathy, and I kind of chuckled because, again, it was, I don't know, it's just like a running joke in my head, like, oh, there's Abernathy, ha, ha, ha. I actually said something about, um, it's weird, he's already on the field, like, dude, dang, we, we we went to our fourth string pretty quick, and it was on that play that I saw him, he goes up and just smokes a guy. I see somebody come flying up, and I'm like, oh who is that? I looked up his number, sure enough, it's Abernathy, I was like, oh dang, he's making a play. And it's like, he did that over and over and over again, just flying. So I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to make the team or anything, we're really getting into crunch time, but... Um, I I we might be to the point where the Packers are saying we got to figure out something. I I don't know about eligibility for practice squad. I don't know what he's done in his life. Um for all I know he's been in the league for 10 years and then went to the USFL. I, I, I don't know anything about him, but I I I think if there's a chance to stash him, I think he he's in consideration right now because he's been one that was one of the more impressive performances <laughs> I've seen from somebody um this year. There's been several, but he he made the list for sure. That was that was a great game for him. Uh, Jordan Love went to the microphone after the coach. He said he's much more confident in the Packers' offense, knowing where his receivers are going to be, having a feel for the timing. He said, quote, I think I've gotten more comfortable being decisive and letting it rip. It was actually kind of funny because, you know, Aaron Rodgers had made a comment, something about it. It's really not until year three that you kind of figure it out. It was that way for him. It's that way for a lot of guys. Year three, he even talked about a lot of other guys, not just quarterbacks. That's usually the year when people, it kind of clicks. You know, whether you're a running back, wide receiver, whatever, year three, Okay, I'm getting it now. Um, but then there was another quarter. I think it was Matt Ryan, another real longtime quarterback. He was doing an interview, and he made a similar comment. Like, you know, until year three, I had no idea what I was doing. I was out there. I was lost. I, You know, I'm, it's fake it till you make it time. Year three is when it started to come together. So we're in year three, and here comes Jordan Love, and he says he's much more confident. He knows where his receivers is going to be. He's got a feel for the timing and all that stuff. It's kind of clicking a little bit. Uh, Jordan Love on Packers rookie wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs, quote, since he got here in OTAs, he's been a guy who's just been making plays out there. It's easy to just let him make a play and throw it up to him. It's funny because that was a thought that I had. I forgot at what point that, I I think it was the play that he was double covered and he was coming back and he threw it to him. And when I saw that, when you're throwing to the guy that's got two DBs on him, I just thought, this feels... Again, in no way comparing, but this feels kind of like the Rodgers-Devante thing. And it it did last week, too. And I know the drops have been an issue. But even last week, you kind of got the feeling like when when Rodgers is under pressure and things aren't going well, he finds Romeo and launches it to him to at least give him a shot. He's sort of that guy. The other thing that that I thought was really great is after the drops and things were starting to get ugly for Romeo, he had two drops on the day, um, really starting to get frustrated. That touchdown was 100% going to Romeo. It was going to nobody else. He took the snap, he stared at him, he waited for him to get into position, and he threw it. He was never going anywhere else. So the confidence that they had there, you got a one-on-one matchup, it's going to you, period. And then again, the execution is beautiful, because Rodgers and Devontae did that all the time. But it takes a really good quarterback and a really good wide receiver, and for those two to really be on the same page in order to execute that. Because you're not going to get separation. That's not going to happen. It's basically run so that we can turn the DB so that his back is to me. I'm going to throw up a jump ball. You turn, spin, catch, and come down clean. But you've got to have timing. You've got to have accuracy. You've got to have you know a, a big, talented wide receiver. The timing has to be right. You know, if you turn too early, it becomes a problem. If you turn too late, it's obviously a problem. You know, when to turn, when to jump, catch the ball, come down with it. It's, it, it seems easy. It's not easy. That that is something that that takes time and. and Again, just to have the confidence to say, I don't care about the drops, this is what we're doing. It's a play 100% designed to go to Dobb. And for those two to be on the same page, get the ball up, and to come down with the touchdown, um, I I really think that's an under-the-radar, extremely impressive play. Another thing Jordan had talked about that I kind of like, um, the the questioner had said something to the effect of, and I hadn't heard this, but... Uh, Aaron Rodgers said the next step for Jordan Love is those plays when there's nothing there to have the confidence to tuck the ball and run. And first play of the game, there's nothing there. He take, tucks the ball, goes 11 yards. And I thought the interesting thing about it is Jordan Love had said, essentially, I need to work on that. That's a big part of my game. And I need to work on, you know, finding those lanes and kind of developing that part of the game. And the the reason I like that I know there's a whole bunch of, like, touchiness about mobile quarterbacks. You're not allowed to say anything negative about about being a mobile quarterback. But, you know, one, one of the things about Jordan Love, who's got— or Justin Fields, I will never stop doing that. Confusing those two guys. He's got blazing speed, much more than Jordan Love has. Justin Fields does. The problem with Justin Fields and a lot of other guys like that, Lamar Jackson a few others, is they know they're really lethal with it. And this is this is the thing I've always said about it. They have the hardest job of anybody because you're trying to do two things at once. And a lot of these guys are too reliant, and, and if they see that running lane, they want to take it, and their, their eyes drop too early. And it's almost like you have to coach that out of them. Stay here, don't run, throw the ball. Again, people get upset about that, but it's, it's, it's a reality. You're a quarterback, you, you need to be able to throw first. This is a luxury, the rushing thing. But for Jordan, and, and again, he's not, he's not Justin Fields, he's not Lamar, he's not that fast. But he's, he's sort of in that Aaron Rodgers group of he absolutely has the ability. He can do it. He doesn't have crazy wheels, but he's got some wheels. But the fact that he has that mentality that I'm a quarterback first and has to develop this other lethal part of his game, I really like that, and I really appreciate that. Almost like it doesn't even cross his mind. But finally, a quote from Danny Etling on his 51-yard touchdown. He said, Once I knew I got the edge, there was no doubt I was going to be jumping in those stands. So, (laughs) Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break right here. When we come back, I want to... Look at what the guys on Patreon said. Top players in preseason, as well as uh, the hot takes. Kind of see who hit, who miss. Then we'll do some final thoughts, and then we'll get out of here. But patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Support the podcast. You can do so for a little dollar a month. Take a break. We'll beer right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. All right, top player in tomorrow's preseason game we don't have the official grades yet, so we'll just have to see um we'll have to see the official numbers but we can take a we can take a crack at it. Craig Andrews right out of the gate says Tyler Davis must be something there. <laughs> uh, there's something there all right um i'm I'm gonna just give Craig a break and say that that was sarcasm. Roger Davis says the demon Deacon Zach Tom. I don't know that he didn't, so uh very possibly. Steve Woltering says 87 will once again come through. I doubt he ends up having the highest grade with a couple drops mixed in, but um, he did come through with a touchdown, so there you go. Uh, JJ says Zach Tom, which is possible. Edward Stevens says Goodson. I really think Goodson had a good day. I would be surprised if he has the highest grade of the night. Jack says Watson, if he plays, he didn't. Aaron Nelson, Ahmed, he will actually make a field goal. I know high expectations, but I got a feeling Aaron nailed that one. John Lambing says love will surprise us all. I think he nailed that one. Um, I was surprised. I thought that was phenomenal. Goose says J.J. Enegbare. Again, I kind of doubt it, but he was winning off the edge quite a bit. He just didn't really get to the quarterback enough. The one time he did, he grabbed the horse collar and ripped him down, which, as I said on the stream, I'm not even mad about it. Stupid Ian Book was scrambling and getting away from everybody. He needed to be on the ground, and somebody needed to put him there. So I was fine with it. I mean, I'm not fine with it, but... You know, there are certain penalties that happen there. You're like, if it has to be a penalty, let it be one where you yank the quarterback and throw him on the ground. How about some hot takes? Who got the hot takes? Craig Andrews, three turnovers by our D. Very close, but no. Kickoff return average over 25 yards. We had it at 18, so nope. Less than two drops. No. Craig Andrews takes another swing at it. He says, run blocking gets significantly better, over 175 yards. He nailed that one man 178 <laughs> over 170 that's so specific too very well done on that one I did I did think the run blocking was improved not not all the time a little bit up and down but significantly better than last time 5.2 yard average 178 rushing yards that's uh that was a heck of a it's a bullseye right there Matthew Herbert says Jordan Love finishes with a 120 plus passer rating he did not it was 77.3 He says, Tipa and Enigbari will combine for four sacks and the Saints announcers won't get either of their names right. I can't uh, mention the announcers because I don't know if they said their name probably once or twice. I'm not sure. But zero sacks combined, unfortunately. Steve Woltering says, so difficult to say with the second string in. Defense continues to show improvement and holds the Saints to no points in the first half. Oh, so close. It was actually no points in the second half. Jason Lindstrom says, Justin Fields is spotted in the stands with tears in his eyes, bruised and beaten from the night before as he just watched Jordan Love light it up for four touchdowns and zero picks as he comes to the realization that the NFC North will never belong to him while he's in the while he's a Chicago Bear. Uh, you got that half right, or a third right. Justin Fields was not in the stands. Jordan Love did not throw four touchdowns and zero picks. However, that is a reality for Justin Fields. JJ says the Jugs robot gets reps in the fourth quarter since we got to be fair to everybody by letting them get taped for other teams to look at. I don't think I saw that, but I did kind of did tail off on that last drive. Maybe they did a knee once and then they're like, all right, slide them out there. Uh, Edward Stevens, Packers total 200 rushing yards. Love drops three touchdowns before halftime. Sorry, Edward, not so much. Aaron Nelson says Adam Schefter doesn't come up with some stupid article about Aaron Rodgers with a very misleading headline about his leadership. That remains to be seen. Jack says the starting offensive line won't give up a sack. I believe they did give up one. So, yeah, one sack. So that was close. It was very close, but unfortunately there was the one. Goose says Love's about to go 250 and three touchdowns and a pick. No, no, and no. But at least the last no was a good one. The offensive line is going to kill it pass blocking. I think there was a little bit more pressure, but again, only one sack, so that's solid. Black Lightning and Amari are going to torch the Saints. Mm, I don't think there's a definition that would make that correct. RD is going to get four sacks, no, and a turnover, yes, along with holding the Aints to less than 21. We did do that. So you got uh, got about a third of those, right? So anyways, we will get some official uh, figures for tomorrow from PFF and whatnot. Um, Final thoughts, as I like to do position by position, I think things are really coming into place as far as the wide receivers. We know who the starters are. We know Christian's obviously gonna make it. Romeo obviously gonna make it. Amari he's gonna make it. But you know, next year is gonna be that year three. We're gonna need to see something. Not not that I'm counting them out for this year. I'm excited about the the new wrinkles and and the progress he's making with that. But um, I think next year there's gonna be a conversation if there's not some better understanding of things. Um, Jawan is is clearly the next man up. It's just a matter of are we gonna keep seven. I'm vacillating back and forth. I'm I'm starting to lean yes, just because he he seems to be so clutch. But again, is the guy ever going to get on the field? I mean, I I guess he would. I mean, you know they they've done that in the past. You rotate these guys out, whatever. A um, lot of love for Ture. the guy he had, he was 0 for one to you know this this past day. I just don't see how he forces his way on as an eighth receiver. You know, it's just it it never really was a thing for me. But I think this kind of solidified that. So. Everything is kind of what I thought it would be. Offensive line, again, no real comment. I saw Royce get destroyed once. Uh, I saw Obviously, we all saw Sean Ryan get embarrassed the one time because the announcers went back and replayed that one. Caleb Jones continues to just maul people. I don't know what his final grades are going to be, but every time we looked at that guy on the stream, he was just pushing guys 40 yards down the field. Uh, The only real positive I saw, and again, it's not that it wasn't good. I just wasn't really watching the offensive line very much, but... There was one run play, and by the way, one of the comments that I had made is, when was the last time you've seen gaping holes like this on um, along the Packers' offensive line for, for run blocking? It's been a very long time. Mack truck-sized holes several times, but one of the times that I noticed it was Royce Newman and Michael Manette, I think is who it was, just doing a very, very good job. Tight ends, good Lord with Tyler Davis, man. I mean, it, it's getting to the point where you feel bad for the guy, but I'm I'm just annoyed by the situation. I'm annoyed because I feel like Dominique Daphne was cut because he doesn't have a place on this roster because Tyler Davis is going to take that spot. Maybe we're just going three tight ends this year. I don't know. Maybe it's just Tunyon, Mercedes, and Josiah, but it's it's just really annoying. I, I, I just think every time he's on the field, he's a liability. I only remember the ball going to him two times. I'm sure it's been more than that, but I remember two passes, one of them Went off his face into the defender's hand. The other time, he fumbled it and gave it to the defenders. I've seen him completely blow several blocks. I'm just over the experiment. I'm tired of it. And, and, and I think I'm mostly annoyed with the fact that the Packers seem so enamored with him. They're just so convinced that he's going to be something special, and I'm just completely over it. We know what we got. We got Tunyon, we got Mercedes, we have Josiah Deguara, and we have nothing else. I don't know what all the hype about Alizé Mack was yesterday— all of a sudden, everybody's freaking out. I don't have anything against Alizé Mack, but every once in a while, just, you know, somebody will say something and then people will see it and then they start talking about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's people that have seen the name like five, six times and they want to jump in on it. And they're like, oh, I'd kind of like to see Alizé. think i I've been noticing something. So you haven't noticed Jack, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, he hasn't done anything. What do you think, Alizé? It's the same with some of these other positions. Like, oh, I bet so-and-so is going to win the job. Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, I I don't mean to say he doesn't have a chance, but it's just, it's just silly. But, um, yeah, I just, I I wouldn't care if he, if the comment I made on uh, the live stream is, I, I wish he was useless. I can handle useless. You know, if you go out there and you don't make a play, oh well. But when you're out there basically sabotaging every single play, that's a problem. I don't want him on the field. Never understood the Tyler Davis thing. I never understood all the hype about him, not just from the fans, but from the coaches and from Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, where is this coming from? I don't understand it. And now I'm watching it going, well, guys, um, thanks, but no thanks. And I, I can just feel the Packers going, well, oh, just wait, just wait. No, oh, no, no, hold on. he just got some jitters. He'll show you. He's going to be, you'll see. I don't want to see. Let somebody else develop him. Let somebody else get the, get the home run hit with Tyler Davis. I don't want to see it. Uh, Jordan Love again. Already talked about that pretty much at length. That's exactly what we need to see just from now on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, some potential he may play a little bit next week. Don't know. The comment, I think, about special teams is um, for the running back is kind of shocking to me, but I guess it shouldn't be. It's just funny because I've been spending all this time trying to decipher how they're going to figure it out. You know, I mean, Tyler Goodson's the best runner, but you know, Dexter has the understanding of the team and Patrick Taylor has the experience and that, that, that. It's like, no, yeah, we don't care about any of that. It's all about special teams. That's the only thing that I care about because Dylan and Jones, those are the guys that run the ball. We need a special teamer. I think, oh, all right, fair enough. You have to keep an eye on that then. So um, that's what we'll do. And it simplifies things. I don't care how well you run, how how many times you catch the ball. How'd you do on special teams? Um, Defensive line, I think, was was... Again, it's hard to say disappointing because they held their own, but I just, I was hoping for more pass rush. I was hoping Devontae Wyatt would make a play. I didn't really see him do anything. I didn't see Slayton really do very much. I think he walked the guy back a couple times, but you know didn't finish. And A lot of times they're getting so much penetration that it's just leaving these gaping holes all over, and stupid and Book was just running wild. Same with the edge rushers. It felt like they kept taking the edge, but not really finishing. Linebackers, I thought, were the stars. I didn't see a ton from Quay. I mean, a lot of the same thing as last week. You know, the, the flashes of this, flashes of that, but not just just making a play, you know? Uh, I know one play in particular, the the offensive lineman got up to Quay, and he just got these shocking hands. I mean, he just pops them in the chest, and they just stop dead in their tracks and go backward. Um, there ended up being a second offensive lineman that came up, and he was kind of overwhelmed at that point, but he's got some scary power. Beyond that, though... Um, couple observations. Ray Wilborn had a good day. Isaiah McDuffie had a phenomenal day. Chris Barnes, I thought, had a great day. Ty Summers is by far the odd man out. He had a horrible day. Everything that I saw him do was terrible. Now, I don't know how the grades are going to shake out on a play to play basis for each of these guys, but I don't care what PFF says about Ty Summers. He is 100% the odd man out. And on top of that, you know, Wilborn is a 2021 guy. McDuffie's a 2021 guy. Chris Barnes is a 2020 guy, I believe. Uh, Ty Summers is a 2019 guy. He's been here the longest. He's the furthest down the totem pole. He's out. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the next cuts coming up. Just because they started, they they have to start whittling the numbers down, and I think I don't think there's a path for him anymore. They like Chris Barnes a lot. McDuffie showed out in a massive way. Going into year two as a six-round pick to, seems to be taking a massive jump. So McDuffie's going to make it. Barnes is going to make it. Now, this may be practice squad we're talking about, but still, they're going to make it. And Ray Wilborn is probably a practice squad guy. Ty Summers, I think, is just out. Corners, um, I thought Shamar looked great. I didn't see him a ton, but the few times I did, he made plays. Uh, He got penalized for one thing, which was stupid. Absolutely was not a penalty, not even close. It was just a beauty. In fact, he broke up the same pass twice. He had a beautiful pass breakup. The receiver was able to grab it again, and he broke it up again. Um... Didn't notice a ton from Rico. I think it was Rico that was responsible for that touchdown pass. Uh Keandre Thomas was having a great day down the stretch. They keep they kept trying him. Never really never gave anything up. Uh safeties, Vernon Scott left hurt. Sean Davis had a great day. Saw him make a couple plays, including that uh scooping up the the fumble. And again, I think Dallin Levitt was out. Savage and Amos were out. Innis Gaines I think, was out. So Micah Abernathy got a. a a ton of opportunities, and man, if, if he was, he was something else, man. I think Tariq was out, so uh, Cross was in. I, I know Cross, Devonte Cross, who was brought in, made at least one play. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but yeah, Ma- Micah was stunningly good. And I think that's what I like about it is is just the 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 guys that really showed up are guys that that just reacted, and that that can be dangerous, especially when you're new and you're young and you don't really know what you're doing. You start flying around the field, you're bound to just get crushed. But I think some of the issues that I have, for example, with Quay is that he's not that he's doing anything wrong, but he's not like flying around the field. He's kind of just staying put and trying to do his job. From in- Guys like Isaiah McDuffie are making plays because they're flying. Chris Barnes is flying. Micah Abernathy was flying. Guys that are making plays, are not, they're not hesitating. And again, you, you can get killed doing that stuff, but it's the only way you're going to make plays. So kudos to those guys for sure. Again, I don't know what the grades are going to be, but I don't, I don't super care. Barnes, McDuffie, Abernathy, Gene Charles. Again, guy is really showing out. Oh, and, and another guy that deserves credit before we move on to special teams, Chris Slayton, Slayton with a Y. That dude just started making plays. He made one play and it was like, "Oh, that was fun." And he decided to just take over the game from that point on. Sixty was just smashing people. So, uh, again, Pat O'Donnell, phenomenal game. Um, Ahmed Ramirez. Perfect game as far as I could tell. Jack Coco didn't really see any issues. Uh the returners, Amari again, looked confident. Didn't really see anything special. Uh Rico, same. Didn't really notice anything positive or negative. Uh the the coverage units were bad. Really bad. Seemed like every play they were they were getting to at least the 30, if not within Green Bay Packers territory. So I mean that it, it was ugly. You know, and then again, you got twelve men on the field on one play, ten men on the field on the other play. Really shouldn't have that stuff happen. But um, if I had to do game balls, I'll I'll do offense, defense, special teams, because I don't want to have to pick between some of these guys. But uh, clear-cut offensive winner, in my opinion, Jordan Love. Not even close. Defense is a lot tougher. Um, But I I really think it's got to be Micah Abernathy. He, He looked more confident, more physical, faster, and he got a pick than just about anybody else. I don't know how you pick anybody else but Micah. And then special teams, I, I'd have to give it to Pat O'Donnell. I mean, kudos to Amirez for for making the field goals, but uh, Pat O'Donnell was phenomenal as a punter. But um, I guess I'm going to leave it at that. That that about summarizes it as best as I can. Again, we'll have more details tomorrow on on a few things. Excited about that. You can follow me on Twitter, Pack Underscore Daddy. I'll be tweeting out some of that stuff as I find it, as I see it. But you guys have a great night. I'm going to bed. Talk to you later. Bye bye.